Good morning, good morning, family. Today is August the 12th, and this is 2001. Hey, family, I want to talk on a subject today that has been on my heart concerning family, concerning particularly believers in the family of Christ. And it's a topic that's called uh, restoration. What is restoration? Restoration is simply this. Whenever a brother or sister in Christ falls into sin, and I don't care what position you are, but that sin could be fornication, adultery. It could be just something horrible, okay? Sin, something that displeases God. I believe according to scripture that we as the body of Christ, now I'm not talking about what sinners do, sinners do what they do, okay, but I'm speaking particularly to the body of Christ, why? Because I'm a member of the body of Christ. I believe that us yens, I say yens, if you're from Pittsburgh, you'll know what that means, but I believe that we as the body of Christ According to scripture, we are supposed to restore that individual and not play a swordsman and kill them and kill them off um, from the body. Now, let me say something which is very important. That can only be done if the individual is repentant of their sins. If they are not, the Bible speaks clearly on what believers are supposed to do with someone who is hard-hearted, proud about their sin, and refuses to repent. I didn't say that they weren't remorseful, but I said repent. Repent and being remorseful and sorry are two different things. And I'm not going to get into that. Uh, that's a different teaching. If you want to know more about that, hey, invite me to come speak and I'll give you the full story on that. But as I said, to be repentant means I'm going to make a change. I acknowledge my sins. I renounce them. I not only renounce them, but also I seek to be restored and I also replace. Now, in my book, A Good Word for Every Day, I talk about nine steps to forgiveness. Okay, if you want to know more about that, you need to go on the website, www.agoodword, the number four, today.com, and go order yourself a copy, and you'll learn more. So, repentance and being restored back into the fellowship of the saints is very important. Um... Why do I say that? Well, one of the things I've noticed is a lot of times when a brother or sister is caught in a fault that they do, and you don't even have to be caught, I mean, publicly or by someone else, you know yourself if there are things in your life that you need to repent of. You know. No one should have to tell you. If you say you are a believer, and I don't know, I'm just saying, if you say that, and you have the Holy Spirit within, there are things that he may have spoken to your heart, come across your mind that are not sin, but he told you you need to correct. I've spoken with this many times to 
men and men's group and men's workshop, I've mentioned things like, for example, a sin could be overeating. You overeat. Um, you don't take care of yourself. You're on all sorts of medications. Why? Simply because you have abused the gift, which is your body, that God has given you. You have children. You have people depending on you. And your temple is jacked up. And even someone, I had someone tell me once, they said, well, you don't understand. I've been diagnosed with this uh, disease and the doctors can't help me. They say there's no cure. Okay, fine. But are you living your life by faith, by sight, what you can see, your limitations, or by foolishness? What do I mean when I say foolishness? Well, to live my life by foolishness, when I have a physical challenge or I have a challenge in any area, is to do things that will really not help me at all, nor allow God to work with me. For example, if I am a diabetic and I love sweets, I keep going back to the sweets, I'll endure the sickness and the pain, but hey, my body was satisfied because it was given that sweetness. See, that's not giving God anything to work with. What you have to do is be radical and make a decision that, hey, I need to make a change. So let me get back to this uh, topic of uh, restoration uh, or restoring someone back into fellowship who has fallen. Well, let's look at some examples first in the Bible. And I'm going to give you after that a testimony that illustrates what I'm talking about. In Scripture, and you have to look these up yourself, one person who needed restoration after they fell, and God gave it to him, and he gives us examples of it, is a man by the name Elijah. Elijah, in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 19, verses 5 to 18, he had abandoned his post where he was supposed to be, and he needed to be restored. He fell. You can read the whole story yourself. And one of the things Elijah had to learn that it's the small voice of God that makes people notice him, not always the spectacular. Elijah had his own way of thinking, and when things didn't work out his way, hey, he abandoned his post where God needed him to be, but God shows us how he restored him. Now, that's Old Testament. Let me give you a New Testament scripture, because many times I'll have people ask me, well, where is that at in scripture? And my first thing that I want to say is, well, do you read your Bible? Because it's very important that we learn how to read, not just listen on Sunday morning to a presentation, but read our Bibles, study our Bibles, as it commands in 2 Timothy chapter 2, but also meditate on the scripture so we'll know not only what God is saying to us, but we can ask the question every day or when we're meditating, Father, what, what are you trying to say to me through this passage, through this, this, this one verse that I can't seem to shake? Well, Peter, he experienced restoration after he had denied Christ. Many of you have read the story where 
Peter denied Jesus three times, number one. Um, he not only denied Jesus three times, and you can read about that in John uh, chapter 21, verses 1 to 14. He denied Jesus three times. He also bragged to Jesus before Jesus went on trial and was betrayed and set up by one of his own boys that he walked with for over three years. He bragged to Jesus that Peter said, you know, God, you know, hey, I'm your boy. I'm never going to leave you. So, hey, if anything goes down, I'm with you. Well, Jesus asked him, do you love me? He, hey, he told him, you know, I do. You know, I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, I do. So that was one thing Peter said. Another thing, when Peter had denied Jesus, um, how many of you remember there's a story where a girl came up to him and said, well, you know, you look familiar. You know, I've seen you be with him. And you've been walking with him. Well, Peter denied him, and he not only denied that, you know, Scripture lets us know on every day, was he basically cursed the girl out and said, look, get out of my face. So... Peter, he denied Jesus to someone, the young girl. He told Jesus, he said, look, I don't care what goes down. I'm always with you to the end. I'm your boy. It's ride or die. We'll go through this together. And also, after this was all over, Peter disappears. And you'll read it in Mark. I believe it is, where Peter basically said, he said, look, he told the disciples, he said, look, I'm going back to fishing, what I used to do. Now, you have to understand, when it says he went back to fishing, it does not mean that he went fishing for a weekend or for a day. What that means is, before Peter ever met Christ, he had a profession the scripture is clear. He had a business of being a fisher man. He wasn't just a fisher. There's a big difference. But scripture lets us know he had a profession of doing that. That's probably how he fed his family. How do we know? One, he had hired servants. This is according to scripture. If you don't know where it's at, look it up. Like I said, do some research. We're not lazy here on this channel. and We don't spoon feed everything. He not only had hired servants, but also he had large nets. Now, if you have large nets, just like you can see on TV when they go out to catch crabs or fish or whatever, large nets are for commercial fishermen who do this as a living. So Peter said, and he told the disciples, after he had fell from grace, he was feeling bad, Jesus is gone, he his boy he walked with for three years, who changed his life, who he saw miracles with, all of that. This guy is dead. He's gone. And Peter is thinking to himself, he says, look, you know, I, I've messed up. I denied this person. Yeah, I, I, I'm not even fit to be called a follower of him anymore. But the story doesn't end there. And... The book of St. Mark in chapter 16, verse 7, this is why you need to read the whole Gospels because the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because each author is giving you their perspective of their life and walk with the man. 
just like you can have children and they'll give their perspective of living with you. And you can hear different things. Some things may be the same. Some things may be different. It could be some things like I know with my children I've forgotten about. But anyway, Peter and Mark chapter 16, verse 7. There's something that's really interesting in that story that I love. And it says, it makes mention of an angel coming and saying, look, go tell the disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you, talking about Jesus, into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Now, let me stop right there and explain why that is just so, that passage is just so amazing to me. And it talks about restoration. First of all, the message comes to them and it says, tell his disciples and Peter. Well, I'm thinking, well, why would you have to say, go tell his disciples and Peter? Why would you have to say, and Peter? Peter was already one of his disciples. Yeah, I know you never thought about that, but Peter was always one of his disciples. Number two, not only was Peter one of his disciples, the text says, and, and God is just so amazing the way this was put in the book for us to read. He says, and Peter. I believe personally that... God the Father knew that Peter was at a place in his life right now where he had given up. He felt as though this mistake, nobody cared. He just wanted to walk away, stay away, and that God would, couldn't even use him again. But let me tell you this, friends. There, I believe this here. There's times when we mess up, we fall down and don't want to get up, don't want to look up. Nobody comes to extend the hand to help us up. We are broke, we're busted, we're disgusted, can't even be trusted, someone may say, and even frustrated. But look, God still sees you wherever you're at. I don't care if you're in a room by yourself today and you're in the dark, you've been crying alone, and you may be thinking, okay, if I walk away right now, it won't even matter. No one will care. I'm, I'm here. I'm in this relationship. I'm in this marriage. And I feel like a slave and I don't want to be here anymore. Let me tell you this here. There's restoration for you. What you need to do, I would suggest getting in touch with a group of men or a group of women, if you have to, that will show you grace, love, and mercy. And what I call, they will demonstrate the gospel and not just try to preach the gospel to you. Right now, in your condition, you need someone to demonstrate the gospel. There's a big difference. We share it, yes, but I have to be able to demonstrate it every single day. All right, so 
when someone demonstrates the gospel, it's a whole different way and it extends and shows the love of God for the body of Christ. Now, I'm going to do a part two and I'm going to give you a testimony where that happened to someone in their life. So just stay tuned and get ready to listen to part two. Thank you for listening.